and I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. And today we are going to be discussing the fifth episode of the sixth season of Supernatural titled Live Free or Twy Hard. Jamie, <laughs> what did you think? You could not convince me that this episode <laughs> is not based solely on the premise that the writers looked at Jensen Ackles' face and went, yeah, that dude could probably be in Twilight. <laughs> Quite genuinely, I actually have a note, and it's just, this is basically plagiarism at this point, LMAO. Can they get away with it if they put it under the guise of a parody? I was literally like, how are they doing this? Like, how is this not somehow infringing on copyright or like, like, have they, does it count as just like social commentary? I don't (laughs) even know. All I know is that the writers did in fact look at Jensen Knuckles' face and went, yeah, no, that dude's a Twilight dude. Well, they keep sexualizing Dean this episode. Yeah. Like, so aggressively. Not even in a subtle Aggressively way. and relentlessly. Like, it just, it doesn't stop. Though it does continue to add evidence to that whole thing of, like, all immortal ancient beings <laughs> love Dean for some reason. They're just like, <laughs> this fucking dude. It's literally, like... Is it a microaggression? I don't think it's micro at this point. He literally looks like... A macro like expression? A, a macroaggression? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't feel like it's macro either, you know, but like, it's an it's an in-between. It's just an aggression. It's yeah. not a microaggression or a macroaggression. It's just an aggression. What's wild to me? Yeah, like we've got yet another pretty ancient being. He says he's 600 years old. Yeah, give or take. Give or take. And he's like, yeah, I'm just like a little bit obsessed with you. Literally. Like, and like... A, Okay, I think maybe maybe let's like segue a little bit into like vampires and sexuality and like the way that those two are very much conflatable Mm. all the time. I think way back when, like I said to you, like I don't really understand why vampires are always so hypersexualized, and I still kind of stand by that. Like as a monster, I don't know why it's vampires specifically that we were all like, yeah, they 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 fuck, (laughs) they fuck hard, (laughs) but. It definitely applies. It's definitely, like, a very common thing through, like, this type of genre, which is kind of what they're playing with yeah. in this whole episode. It's kind of the point of it. And one of the things that, like, specifically gets me is that not only do we have Dean being, like, relentlessly come on to mm-hmm. in this episode, specifically by men, mm-hmm. but also we have another Dean looks at gay people reaction. Yeah. Like, it's very specific, this episode. And, like, what is interesting is I was like, who the fuck wrote this episode? Yeah. It was Brett Matthews, and it was directed by Rod Hardy. And, like, off the top of my head, I don't recognize those names. No. Like, have you searched to see if I'm they've done any others? about to now. Though, to be fair, it does feel right that this episode was written by not someone named Brett. <laughs> like, <laughs> Rip if your name is Brett. No shade to the Bretts of the world, but this definitely feels like it was written by a Brett. Like, that feels right in my soul. I don't know why. Cool. Okay, so Brett Matthews was an executive story editor for this entire sixth season, excluding the finale. He has worked on many Joss Whedon shows, including Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly, and the, he also worked on The Vampire Diaries. So, like, he has a... <laughs> He's got the credentials for this. Yeah. Okay. So he actually wrote three episodes. We haven't seen the other two yet. Okay. So this is his first. But that is funny that those are his other projects that he's worked on because that suddenly makes a lot of sense. Do the other episodes he's written this season make sense? I watched them relatively recently, but I don't think that either of them are really sticking out to me specifically as having like much to do with this particular mm-hmm. episode. Like they're interesting episodes of themselves. But it might be one of those things where when we watch the episodes, we were like, oh, he has yeah the okay. same sort of attitude towards Dean or something like that. Yeah, exactly. But like, there is nothing like that jumping out at you at this point. Yeah. And Rod Hardy, this is the only episode he ever did, which is why I clearly mm-hmm. don't remember him. Yeah. But yeah, like, there's a point in this episode where specifically it's when Dean's already been turned and he goes back to the like nest and he has this interaction with the vampire that turned him who mm-hmm. I don't remember his name we do get it Boris Boris thank you <laughs> I only remember because Boris is a fucking hilarious name for a vampire <laughs> I was thinking Daryl because I watched Glass Onion last night <laughs> but yeah Boris they have this interaction where he's like getting right up in Dean's face and he's like whispering in his ear almost mm-hmm. and he's like 
aren't you the curious one? And Dean's like, oh, you don't know the half of it. And then he goes, in due time, you want the private tour, don't you? And Dean's like, thought you'd never ask. And I was like, this is giving dead man's blood John making Dean play bait. Mm. Like, it is so... But now Sam. And Sam. The John coding of Sam is no... And Sam. Yeah. No joke. Sam Square? I guess. Does capital S2 mean anything in chemistry? Like, is there a periodic table? There's the sulfur. God, I, feel like I should know this. this. You're the one actually yeah, taking... Yeah, sulfur. <laughs> you're the one actually taking... I just memorized, like, half of the periodic table ones. I hate chemistry. Sorry if you're a chemistry nerd, but I can't fucking stand it. Oh my I God, was fully so a chemistry funny nerd. that it's sulfur, though. Sorry. <laughs> Can we just take a sec to just think about how funny that is? While we're thinking about how funny <laughs> that is, I did have a point that I wanted to get out there this okay. episode that I, does relate directly to that. Okay. There is this scene this week where Dean is, like, just turning into a vampire. He's like, your blood's so loud, Sam. <laughs> Shut up, Sam. I can't hear you. <laughs> Shut up, Sam. Can't hear you. Your blood's too loud. Almost like he has more of it than a normal person. Almost Ooh. like he's ingesting more blood. Ooh. Is this? Is this a Jamie theory? Is this is a, a Jamie theory. This is okay. a Jamie's taking a single out of context line. <laughs> and it also would be in line because the last time we saw Sam acting like this was the start of season four when he was hiding his demon blood addiction. Mm-hmm. Would make sense that he has relapsed since coming out of hell, especially when you consider Samuel's sort of attitude towards hunting. You do whatever the fuck you can, whether it's a good idea or not, to kill the monsters. So... You know, we've already seen previously, we had the episode where uh, I'm pretty sure Dean and Cass were being gay and Sam was having a bad week. <laughs> Do you and mean my bloody Valentine? I think that's the episode. <laughs> like, that's a, a, an apt synopsis. I clearly, the I one exactly where, The one where meant. Sam's like at the bar and he's pretending to be normal. Oh, is that free to be you and me? That's free to be you and me. Yeah. Yeah. No, and they <laughs> And the hunters are like, oh, well, if you were just drinking demon blood, you could have helped us. Mm. Yeah, like we've already we've already seen that sort of attitude from hunters previously. Of it would not surprise me if what they were doing with this is reintroducing a demon blood relapse. Like, okay, and it would make sense because like it's an addictive substance. Mm-hmm. You know, he may be using it as like a coping mechanism. He was also chugging the stuff before he got shoved into the cage. Yeah. Like he'd already relapsed at the end of last season, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I hesitate to call it a relapse yeah. purely because it was like out yeah. one of necessity yeah. rather than. I don't know if relapse is necessarily the correct word, but, like, my point still stands. He'd already broken his sobriety. Yeah. Regardless of the reason, he'd already broken his sobriety, essentially, by chugging the stuff to host Lucifer to jump into the hole. Cool, 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 cool. I have a question. And, yeah, they do make a point that he has really loud blood, louder than anybody else's in the episode, (laughs) because nobody else gets called out having too much blood by Dean. I love the way keep getting interesting pathology facts about Sam. Like, at the end of last season, we got that he, like, is hot, apparently, all the time. Like, he just has an above-average fucking body temp, and now we're like, he's just got extra blood, apparently. The demon blood. All of it's the demon blood. He's just a pathological... Pathologist. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a little medical miracle. Okay, while we are talking about Sam and him being shady and, like, whatnot, it's basically the biggest plot point of this episode. He literally watches Dean being turned into a vampire and he like has this weird little smirk about it and it's so funny. Every time I see it, all I can think about is the way that they had Katie McGrath portray Morgana in Merlin. You know where like every single scene, it like ended on a zoom to her face and her little like smirk used to drive me insane. But this is exactly what I think about. We also get from Dean that Sam seems weirdly calm about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we also get the mention from Samuel that he could have sworn that he told Sam about, Sam the, about cure. the cure. And, like, you know, Sam using Dean as bait is an interesting choice. The jonification of Sam. Real interesting. I literally have a note where, when, like, Sam stopped what and was just kind of, like, watching it happen. I have a note that's just like, Sam, what you doing? Because it's like, what is he doing? Mm. And Samuel calls him out on it later in the episode and is like, did you intentionally let this happen? Because tactically, it does work in our favour, but it's also clearly an insane choice. Even Samuel's like, this behaviour is unhinged. And And that's a bad (laughs) sign. (laughs) Literally. When Samuel Campbell is like, hey, maybe you should revisit the ethics board on this one. (laughs) You should be concerned. Because, yeah, like... 
even knowing about the cure, mm-hmm. even like obviously Sam says that he didn't know about it or yeah. whatever. And like, here's the thing there's multiple options with that. Samuel could have told someone else, like Sam suggests. He could have told Sam, and Sam just fucking forgot because it's one random conversation in the sea of other random conversations. Mm-hmm. Or Sam knowingly knew and then decided to put his brother through that anyway. You know what I mean? Like, there are other possibilities. Not all of them paint Sam as, like, the bad guy. Yeah. The one that is hinted at here is, does say that, oh, yeah, no, I don't really give a shit about my brother. The ends justify the means. Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting thing we've talked about for a while with Sam, is, like, if he was presented with this opportunity, do we think he would genuinely, like, he did let Dean get infected, Mm -hmm. regardless of if he knew about a cure. That's, yeah. the, that's the kicker. Regardless of if he knew there was a cure, he let Dean get infected. Yeah. And so it then becomes a question of, is it better? Because if he did not know there was a cure, then he knew that letting Dean get infected would, yes, ultimately mean that they would have a man on the inside for this particular nest, but it would also mean that then he'd have to kill Dean. If he knew there was a cure, then that makes a lot more sense mm. because he wouldn't lose Dean ultimately. Mm. But if he did not know there was a cure... It's kind of like, whoa. However you spin it, he's still being reckless with it's his like brother's life. win the battle, lose the war kind mm-hmm. of situation there, where it's like, you're sacrificing something massive. Yeah, he's treating Dean like he's a pawn and not like he's the queen. Yeah, actually, what an apt analogy. <laughs> the reason I called Dean the queen is because he is the most useful player on the board and everyone's really sad when you lose him. Okay. <laughs> 15-20. But yeah, so Sam is... Sam is shady. Do you have any other thoughts? Like, because by the end of this episode, Dean also is like, okay, something. Like, Sam is being Something's so up shady. with Sam. Yeah. Again, they really like recycling. They're so good for the planet. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just like the nature of this show. Because it basically is just the These Sam two and fucking Dean show. Dudes. Yeah, like, basically they do just have to pick one of them to have something fucked up happening every season. And for a special treat, sometimes both of them have something fucked up happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. They have Dean making bad decisions this episode, though. Mm. He's like, I'm going to go and visit Lisa when I am at my most volatile. I have a problem with this. I, under no circumstance, believe Dean would have done that. No. There are are moments this episode where I'm like, "Mm, that doesn't feel like Dean. The moment when he's, like, calling minors cute? For me, it's the moment where he... Pulls off the dude who's pretending to be a vampire off of the girl. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that's actually, like, pretty safe saying and consensual from what I can tell. And to be fair, he does think the dude's a vampire. Yeah, true. That's <laughs> true. true perspective. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> in the scheme of the episode, it is actually the most safe saying and consensual sort of thing happening. The part where he tells him to use a condom is yeah. so funny, though. And then we get the moment where he asks the dude pretending to be a vampire, oh, like, does that work? I'm like, dear baby boy, the fuck? You could interpret that two ways. You could interpret it as a, like, he's asking because he might try it, mm. or he's asking because he's like, are you fucking serious? Like, and that works. And I kind of read it the second way because the first way annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think that it's absolutely fucking insane to think that Dean would have gone. Because also, like, just in the scope of this episode, not even just, like, looking at Dean as a character and his mm. priorities and, like, his major drive for the whole series thus far has been about family and protecting his loved ones, basically. Lisa and Ben, regardless of what you think of the relationship Dean has with them, fall into that category. Oh, yeah. And Again, Lisa can do better. Oh, my God. She is so fucking real. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I have a note somewhere where it's like, Lisa is literally so fucking valid. She's the only normal person in this whole fucking show. <laughs> but, like, there is no way on earth that Dean chooses willingly to put Ben and Lisa in danger. That is the absolute last thing he would ever choose to do. And considering if this happens off the back of him telling Sam that Samuel is going to kill him when he shows up, and then Sam's like, no, he won't. Dean's like, yes, he will, because I'm going to ask him to, because I can't hurt people. It makes no sense to me that he would go from that. And, like, I get this, like, you know, he's clearly not in his right mind, Mm -hmm. But he's clearly still capable of making, like, logical, coherent decisions because we see him from that point continue through the rest of the episode. But, like, you know, he does the whole undercover vampire bit. Clearly fully coherent. It's not like his logic has been impaired. It's just that he has this compulsion to eat people. Like, 
here's what's really wild for me about this. Dean seems to have the most self-control of everybody in the show. Mm. Like, constantly. Like, I don't think we've ever seen Dean not be the person who has the most self-control within the show. But then they just keep on acting like he's this, like, fucking, like, 12-year-old who has no impulse control. I'm like, he's literally a vampire, has not eaten, is fucking starving. Every base urge of him is telling him to feed on a human being. Doesn't do it. I have a note <laughs> on this. Even when Dean is literally a vampire, he isn't willing to drink people. Sam, on the other hand, only needed a pretty girl to ask him to. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it. you're right. It's crazy to me that, and we've been saying this in season one, Dean is one of the most consistent characters, which is why when he does stuff like this, it's so weird. Mm. Like, if Sam had made this decision, I'd yeah. believe it. I would 100% be like, yeah, Sam is insane. He would do that. Not saying that Dean's not insane. He's no. just insane in a very different yeah. way. But, like, Sam's also insane in that he thought that he could jump into the pits of hell while he was yeah. like, Lucifer with him. Like, this is the same thing. Like, these two pictures are the same pictures. Dean thought that was a terrible plan. For me, this whole situation, like, obviously Sam lets him get affected, but it doesn't feel to me that Sam lets him get infected because he knows, like, Dean has the self-control to... No. It doesn't feel like a, oh, I have faith in Dean that we can get through this sort of thing. It feels like a, oh, this is advantageous to me and what I want right now. So who gives a shit about the consequences? Who gives a shit about the, like, long-term impacts? Mm -hmm. Right now, this is the right move. I reckon at this point, someone should get Sam some glasses because God damn is that man short-sighted. Should have gone to Spectators. <laughs> but also, again, comes back to this for Sam, the ends, taking down the vampire nest, justify the means, letting Dean be a vampire. And, like, insane. It, it's been pretty clear this whole season so far that someone's up with Sam. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like I've had to be, like, careful about not letting you pick up on that. Maybe the first episode. I feel like they're doing the same sort of stuff that they were doing in season four, but just louder this time. Mm -hmm. Because they don't have such a long time yeah. to, like, run a plot out yet. Yeah. They're very, like, it does seem very intentional. Again, it's like season four, but louder this time. Mm -hmm. Like, less subtle. Do you know what I do love, though? I love that the fact that Dean is a vampire allows him to hear Sam's heartbeat. And I know we talked on this earlier, but, like, that is so clever. Because, yeah, Sam can act as much as he wants to Dean's face mm. to be like, yeah, I'm panicking, I'm freaking out. But his underlying pathology <laughs> is saying he's calm as hell. Yeah. And that's why it suggests to me that, like, yeah, he does remember that conversation that he had with Sam about the cure, because otherwise why the fuck would he be so calm? I also feel like it doesn't make any sense to call Samuel if no. there's no cure. Do you know what I mean? Like, because when he called Samuel, I was like, it's so weird to see him call Samuel instead of Bobby. Like, because normally they get into trouble and they call Bobby. Like, it's literally the point of last yeah. episode. It was just, like, whack. I don't have a point. What I do have, though, is a PSA of the day. <laughs> Bethany, what do you think it is? I mean, there's the obvious ones about, like, child endangerment mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. You know. But I feel like we've covered that enough times. Mm -hmm. So my PSA guess is actually mm -hmm. something that we talk about a lot. Art is subjective. And the reason that I bring this up is because Sam is critiquing the sad teenager's poetry and he calls it bad. And I think that's rude. Sam, it's art. They're expressing themselves. It's subjective. You might think it's bad. That's fine. Totally valid. But other people might find it very good and relatable. So you know what? Calm down. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm not shocked. <laughs> My PSA of the day is, in fact, stranger danger. Okay. <laughs> when you're meeting people online, there is always a good chance that they are catfishing you. And maybe don't go to an isolated third location with them. That seems like a bad idea. Oh, poo. I just realized I had another PSA guess. I had two. You had two. Can I tell you? I know it's wrong yeah. now, but can I tell you my other one? Sure, go for it. They should close the fridge door, damn it. <laughs> Electricity doesn't grow on trees. They literally open the blood fridge and then, like, they fully stand there and have a, a conversation. And then Dean just walks away. They do not close the blood fridge door. And I'm like, that's a waste. Especially considering, like, how m many blood donations are in there. Like, right? You want to keep that shit temperature yeah. regulated. What I don't get is, okay, so they're like, oh, well, we get blood from the blood fridge now, right? This is this is a war. It's thing. like a vending machine. It's so funny to me. <laughs> this is a war. And, like, don't get me wrong. I think that's a very smart solution. 
But what the fuck happens if somebody between donating blood and when they drink the blood dies? Is that now dead man's blood? Am I going crazy or have we had this conversation before? <laughs> I don't <laughs> Have we so. reached this point where we're recycling conversations? No. I think this is, we've had similar conversations. Am I having but this is different. deja vu then? Because I swear, I swear we've discussed this before. We've had similar conversations, mm. but I don't think I've asked this question specifically. Okay. I well, think we've asked about, like, what's the difference between just a blood donation and dead we, man's blood. We've yeah. certainly asked that, but what happens if the person who donated blood dies? Is it dead man's blood because the person whose blood it is is dead? Or is it fine because it was donated while they were living? I think this just comes back to... It's not science, it's magic. And I've really got to stop torturing myself with it because it really does bother me. Like, I don't know if it comes across to people listening at home, but it does actually drive me a bit fucking insane when we have these questions. And I'm, like, frantically Googling, like, hematology <laughs> papers, trying to figure out what the fucking, like, process is. And, like, here's, here's the thing. I want to be clear here. I don't think there's an answer to this. <laughs> and... I don't think it's ever something that we're going to explore in law, so I'm not expecting you to have an answer to this. Yeah. And I also think that regardless of the answer, it makes absolutely no fucking difference to this. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's fun to think about. We certainly have other examples of vampires doing similar things, mm-hmm. like drinking blood from blood bags rather mm-hmm. than from like directly people. So it's definitely something that the show comes back to. I've always thought it was quite funny, but like, You raise a good point. Like, where do you draw that kind of line? And also, I have another query. So, because they're blood donation bags, Mm -hmm. they're very clearly labelled with blood type because that's very important when you're doing blood transfusions, right? Do you think different blood groups have, like, a different taste? Like, is it, like, the equivalent of, like, chalky versus strawberry milk if it's, like, A versus O or something? And then you've got, like, the, you know, positive and negative. Like, does that change it as well? Like, do we think that there is a... I would say it does, but I think it's less, like, you know, chocolate versus strawberry and more, like, you would relate to this because you don't drink wine, but more like like red wine. Like you've got, you know, all the different types of red wine and they all taste kind mm. of the same. Mm-hmm. But like depending on the varietal, yeah, they do have like slightly different like notes or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's the same as like, I don't know, even like variations in chocolate. Like mm. there are a whole bunch of different types coffee. of chocolate and coffee. Like there are a whole bunch of different types of coffee beans and they all taste like coffee, but they also... Sorry, I just thought of... You know how you have like conventions for like wine tastings and shit and you have like panelists who like try the things and like give their fucking educated opinions <laughs> can you imagine like okay australia is like relatively well known yeah. for like our wine we're right? a wine country. so funny i remember going to france and finding australian wines on the menu and being like that's bizarre we're in france we're in the we're in- <laughs> that shouldn't happen but anyway can you imagine, like, because you know how, like, you do, like, national but also global mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And you have, like, regions that are well-known. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if that applies to people's blood? And it's, like, there's, like, a certain region where it's just, like, known for the blood being, like, really tasty, like, based on, like, diet and environment. And do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I think that's 100% a thing. <laughs> but where do we think it is? Where do you think the blood would be tastiest? Oh, okay. Well, I think that comes down to your personal palate. Mm. If someone has high cholesterol, mm. is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. We're, this is such a rabbit hole to get into, but it's so fascinating, like, the reason Well, why. there's nothing else happening in this episode, so... <laughs> that is a bold-faced lie. <laughs> that lie is as bold as Samuel Gamble. <laughs> but it's so interesting, like, the things that contribute to your personal, like, food preferences and stuff. Like, part of it is, like, theorized to be genetic. Part of it is theorized to be because of a direct response from your gut microbiome, mm-hmm. like, and your oral microbiome. Like, there's all of this shit happening, and it's so fucking interesting. And I just think that maybe it also applies to vampires and blood. Like, I don't know. Though we do find out this week that vampires pee. Yes. A question we've all had. <laughs> Why? Since Twilight was released, we've all wanted it. <laughs> I love that they, they specifically say, like, yes, no vampires pee, because it makes no sense. I know, I know, you've just had the whole rant about how it's not science, it's magic. But, like, <laughs> they're undead beings. Why do they still need pee? I, here's the thing. Previously, I'd be like, yeah, I think it's like to be a vampire. 
It's I've got to pay not fucking with. That's annoying. <laughs> Do you know what is really, really interesting, actually? And it kind of ties back into some other stuff I really liked about this episode. So when Dean is around people, right, mm-hmm. like Lisa and Ben yeah. and Sam and Samuel, you can hear their heartbeats and stuff, mm-hmm. like, as part of the, like, background ambient noise. Mm-hmm. And that's really fucking interesting. Yeah. I think it's really fun. Especially, like, you can hear Lisa and Ben's heartbeats when, like, Dean's, like, freaks them out mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's, I think it does make really interesting to, like, raise the tension. But mm-hmm. it's also, like, literally just getting Dean's perspective. It also like, solidifies the fact that this entire season has been from Dean's POV. Oh, yeah. They're literally, like, here's this episode. And, like, literally you can hear what Dean hears. Yeah, and you can see what Dean sees, mm-hmm. and like all of the senses are completely overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and I really, really loved it. I also think that it maybe speaks a little bit to Dean's character and how he is just feeling this season, because like all of a sudden everything has changed. It was completely against his wishes, and he is just completely overwhelmed with everything, right? So, what I thought was really interesting was that when he was around the vampires, there was no heartbeat noises. Because they're not Because alive. they're all... They're dead. Dead. But, like, this is something that has always fucking confounded me. Like, they have to have some functioning organs. They have. They pee. They pee. But if their blood's not pumping because their heart's not beating... Right. Nothing's going through the renal... Right. This is what has always fucking confounded me. Because they will act... Like... Oh, you ingest vampire blood and it, like, turns into vampire. I'm like, with what pressure? How's the blood coming out? Like, if your heart isn't pumping, nothing is happening anywhere, I promise you. That's why you die when your heart stops. Like, does this mean that vampires can't get boners? This has always confused me about Twilight as well. How? 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 Every single male vampire should have erectile dysfunction. And the fact that don't is so dumb like this is also why i'm like why do we sexualize these beings we're like oh yeah they can fuck hard how (laughs) they literally cannot it doesn't make any fucking sense (laughs) i understand it's magic but i don't care i feel like everyone's really missing out on the crazy vibes (laughs) you're bringing right now like it is intense it has always confounded me because like I understand the drama of it all, like the heart stopping beating or whatever, and like, you know, the statue kind of equivalent. Something so inhuman about not being alive, but still being living. Yeah, right? It's kind of angel Mm. core, actually. Again! (laughs) Obsessed with Dean! Oh my god, actually, while we're on this, the whole bit where Dean is like, he's literally watching her sleep, like, that's so rapey. And then... Not only is that a cast thing, which is, like, bizarre, but also he then, they literally recreate that exact fucking frame when he goes to see Lisa. Yeah. And I'm like, what is your commentary here? Like, I'm interested. And knowing that the guy who wrote it also wrote for the Vampire Diaries and also wrote for fucking Buffy and shit, I'm like, okay, where is the... Like, what are you trying to say with this scene? Are you trying to say that it's, like, predatory and creepy? Are you trying to say that actually it's, like, you know, Dean just didn't understand the motivations before and now he has a different perspective? Like, I'm confused about what they're trying to get across. Mm -hmm. But mostly, mostly I'm confused about the blood thing and the heart pumping thing. Yeah. Because while I love it as an effect, it makes no fucking sense. Well, I mean, it's supernatural. I don't know what you expect. It's not just supernatural. It's just the vampire genre. It's just, it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I agree. It makes no Their sense. dicks don't work. And yet. <laughs> they can, like, here's the thing. The confirmation that vampires pee in the supernatural law makes less sense again. Like, it just does. <laughs> like, okay, your heart's not beating. No blood's moving through your body. Does that mean they just, like, pee blood? Is it, is it just, like, a release of excess pressure? Oh, my God. This is literally like me in the finale of season five talking about how Sam probably just needs to piss really bad during that whole conversation with Lucifer. Like, it really is so weird when they do and don't decide to place importance on bodily functions. Yeah. Absolutely bizarre to me. Anyway, we really need to move off from this. I do want to commend i think the creators behind this particular episode purely because they did do a really good job of committing to the bit of making fun of this genre whilst also being being this genre genre, yeah and being very self-aware about it 
and very sort of like making a commentary mm-hmm. on it. I thought it was actually quite a good line that they walked. I think that the actors that they cast as Kirsten and Robert were yeah. actually quite good. Yeah. You know, as much as it's like they clearly are not Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, like they do kind of generally have the same vibes, vibes and mm-hmm. like basic appearance yeah. and stuff. I thought that was very fun. Also, the way that he's like, I can't stop thinking about you. I was like, oh my God, you're like my own personal brand of heroin. <laughs> what caught me about that line wasn't that I can't stop thinking about you. It's the way she's like, then don't. Mm. Oh my God. Did you read the name on her fake ID? It's like Emma or Emily Fang or something. Emily Fang. It was so funny. <laughs> Ebony Darkness, Raven Dementia Ray or whatever the fuck. Ebony, Ebony Darkness, Dementia Raven Ray. Yeah. <laughs> With an apostrophe between the D and the A in darkness. Oh, that's yeah. very important. Yeah. Oh, also, important lore update. Mm-hmm. Number one, Dean has definitely watched Twilight. He name-dropped Taylor Lautner. Yes. Number two, Sam knew that Taylor Lautner plays a werewolf. Sam has definitely also watched Twilight. Okay. That's all Reddit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've read them. Maybe they watched the movies. Mm-hmm. Either way, they know their Twilight lore. And I think that that's fun and important. I also think, based on that, Bobby has definitely both read the books and watched the movies. Yeah. No one can convince me otherwise. Do we think that the reason Sam's seen it is because Ruby watched it with him? Uh, do you know what? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Ruby would have been into it. I definitely think Cass would. I mean, he has the whole watching people while they're asleep thing. Yeah, the immortal being. Like yeah. Dean would actually be really into Twilight. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> oh, we also have another uh, lamp death. This episode, when mm-hmm. Dean has turned, he, like, fully throws her lamp across the room. Yeah. I just want to pull attention to that mm-hmm. because that's an ongoing thing for yeah. Dean. Whenever he is angry or distressed or upset and there is a lamp present, often the lamp gets murdered. So that's his lamp, though, isn't he? Not yet. But okay. also not not yet. But also... Like, they use lamps to symbolize mm-hmm. angels a lot. Yeah. The whole Cass's lamp thing is really specifically season 15. Okay. But... But also... Dean's just been turned by an immortal being that's kind of obsessed with him. Now, think in your brain. Who else could be an immortal being obsessed with Dean? Crowley. Who else shares a profound bond with him? (laughs) I love that you're spoon feeding me this as if I don't know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) It's a testy old thing. Like, Like, hmm. hmm. It's certainly an interesting choice. Speaking of interesting choices, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the Ben thing and Dean shoving Ben. Obviously, we've already talked about how it's like, very out of character, very mm-hmm. hopped up on that high blood thing. The, yeah, the fact that the fact that he went there at all, I think, is maybe a like I understand from a narrative perspective yeah. why they did it because it's building tension with Dean and Lisa, and it's showing the dangers of having Dean hunting and still seeing them, and like you know the whole like can you have both things thing. You know, I get it, I get it. I still think that personally, like the decision was out of character, regardless of yeah. whether or not he was impacted by the infection purely because of the way we see him act the rest of the episode and he does not seem that impaired. I think it would make more sense if he'd just gotten like sort of watched over them for a bit and then gone without them having seen him. It seems weird to me that he actually went in and like conversed, spoke to them. Like, yeah. And to be fair, like maybe he didn't intend for Lisa to wake up, but like even then, in any case, the fact that he shoves Ben, obviously at the end of the episode, we get that Lisa's not answering his calls. For, like, fucking valid reasons. Yeah. Lisa is too good for him. She should have not been answering his calls this entire fucking time. <laughs> Where are you sitting with, with that? Like, Lisa is too good for him. I've been in camp. Lisa is too good for him from the beginning. Like, this entire plotline fucks me off so much. <laughs> the narrative's telling me that Dean cares about this woman, right? That Dean is in love with this woman. That he will prioritize her and Ben above everything. But then at every turn... Dean is making bad decisions relating to them, and we know if we know anything about Dean, we know that when it comes to family, he does whatever he can for them to keep them safe. Here's the thing: there are some decisions where I'm like, "Oh, that makes sense," but there are other decisions where I'm like, "Oh, the writers are just trying to add in tension here. Like, there is already tension here. You don't need to add anything more." In. And it's also just kind of like, I don't know. I just it's fucking me off because it feels like they're shoving this fucking relationship down my throat, mm-hmm. and they're telling me that Dean is in love with this woman. But, like, is he? Here's the thing. This is my personal reading. And we all know that I'm Team Lisa, right? Mm -hmm. 
I still stand by the fact that Dean did not go to Lisa for Lisa. He didn't even go to Lisa for himself. He went no. to Lisa because he had promised Sam he would. I think that he cares about Lisa. Yeah. I definitely think he cares about Ben. I think that he loves Lisa. I don't think he's necessarily in love with Lisa. That's a very distinct difference. Mm -hmm. It's important to note we've never heard him actually say that he's in love with Lisa. He's never ever said that. Not out of character. Dean doesn't Mm. say he's in love with anyone. Like, yes, evidence, but also not really evidence. True. But we also I mean, he's been in love with Cass for like three seasons now, (laughs) so he's never said that. That's true. But even in Route 666, Sam points out to Dean, like, oh, it's like you were in love with her. Mm. Like, we have it confirmed by other characters, but in this particular instance, we don't really have it even from Sam. Not love, anyway. Like, he talks about how Dean wants the white picket fence, and he talks about how, like, you know, he knows that, like, Dean cares about Lisa, but there's no mention of love. And then, like, throughout this whole tense thing that they're going through, even Lisa doesn't say that she loves him. Mm. And I feel like it definitely feels like they love each other but they're not in love with each other they love the idea of it the concept is great yeah exactly it's kind of like i mean we were saying way back when about like sam and dean they trust the idea of each other Mm -hmm. as brothers but the actual reality is like yeah yeah i don't think it's a spoiler to tell you that like things aren't gonna go great for them in the next little while because of just like dean shoved her kid to be fair to Dean, shoving the kid is the better of the two options. Yeah, but I guess that she's not aware of the other option. No. And the, the best option would would have been him to just not, not show up. up. Yeah. yeah, which was an option he absolutely could have taken. Mm. And it's also like, coming back to Sam a little bit, Sam's not stupid. I mean... Like, he's not super smart, but like, he's also not stupid. Like, do we think that Sam let Dean leave? See, here's the thing. I say no. Okay. I don't think Sam let Dean leave because here's the thing as soon as Dean leaves there's the chance that Dean won't come back Dean will find some way to off himself and then his plan doesn't work mm, actually that's a good point I don't think about it that way here's the other thing we know for a fact that Dean is smart enough to get away from Sam yeah that's true like he's done this before in situations where he was way more secure than he is currently point of no return anybody like yeah he he's been known to manipulate Cass into just freeing him from shit like, yeah like <laughs> Dean knows how to get out of situations. I think Dean just knows the people around him really well. Yeah. Like, he's he's an empath. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, as much as we joke about him being, like, repression boy, you were talking earlier about how, like, Dean, of the main characters in this show, like, shows really good, like, self-control and self-restraint and stuff. Yeah, and you can even look at that in the episode with, like, Hammond. Mm. from last season yeah which is why i bring it up in conjunction with repression boy because i think it is really interesting to look at it as a comment on is dean really good at self-regulating in terms of his impulse control and like whatnot or is he just so used to repressing every single personal want or desire he has here's the thing i think at least for like my read on the character is that Dean is highly aware at all times the emotions of himself and everyone around him. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, like, a very real side effect from growing up with John and not knowing when John was going to fucking flip his shit yeah, I agree. for no goddamn reason. I think Dean is the sort of character who is on high alert at all times, who knows exactly what he's feeling, exactly what everyone in the room around him is feeling, except for he's also a repression boy because he is never going to act on any of it. Because acting on emotion is what led John to blowing up. If that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. It's like, it's this sort of like catch trim It's like, yeah, he knows. Like if you go, oh, how's Cass doing? He knows exactly how Cass is doing, but he's never going to do anything about it because it could be the wrong thing and it could lead to disaster. You know, it's the same as like, if you ask him how he's going, he knows exactly how he's going, but he doesn't want to be a burden. He doesn't want to. He's actually very emotionally intelligent. He just also is. Does fuck all with it because. That leads to bad things. God, it's so interesting having these discussions. I mean, you know about like the confession, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna just like briefly connect with it here a little bit. But yeah. part of the speech that Cass gives is talking about how Dean is one of the most caring people he's ever known, mm-hmm. and it yeah, it comes down to that concept of Dean is hyper aware and he does care. The whole thing is like people act as if like. He has no emotions and, like, you know, he's just this 
you know, angry man, I guess. No, he's a repression boy because he has all of the emotions. Yeah. Like, I feel like he even has shrimp emotions. Oh, but he yes. doesn't act on any of them. Dean Winchester definitely yeah. has shrimp emotions. He has these emotions and he knows about them, but he never does anything with them because that is bad. Yeah, he's been taught to... Repress them. Repress them, except for anger. Like, yeah. this is, and it comes back to John. Like, the way that John expressed his emotion was through anger. Mm-hmm. And through violence. That is what Dean is familiar with. You see softness when we get flashbacks with mm-hmm. Mary. But it is so specific to his mother. You know, and I think that's why we see him be so soft with children a lot of the time. Which, again, is like is why it's so jarring to see him shove Ben. Mm-hmm. Because we know, like, Dean Winchester, above all else, will protect children. Yes. Dean does nothing but protect children. Yeah. Like, from the third episode of the series, like... From the first episode of the series. Are there children in the first episode of the series? He literally runs out of the house carrying baby oh, Sam. okay. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like <laughs> you're missing a key plot point of that pilot episode. <laughs> I love when you correct me on things that happened in canon. It's so... That must be really so... embarrassing for you. Not really. It's just so funny to me. Because, yeah, you're right. I'm just fucking stupid. But I love it when it happens. I'm not wrong. Like, literally, even in the first episode of the fucking show. Yeah. They establish. It's Dean's job to look after Sam. It's Dean's job to look after Sam. He literally carries him out of a burning building. Like, Mm -hmm. because for Dean, a child is anybody younger than him. Oh, yeah. Like, he could be, like, 25 and they're 24. They're a child. Literally, this is why I remember back in season one saying she, like, Dean will meet people and he'll put them into one of two like Boxes. categories yeah it's like child i must protect parental figure i must respect yeah like that's, that's kind of it you know there's obviously like variations there's also like romantic interests and like monsters yeah. and like sometimes there's crossover there but you know we'll get there so while we are here and we're talking about their emotions and things i want to point out another thing about sam this episode which is that on multiple occasions when Dean is clearly, like, fucking going through it because he's literally becoming a vampire and all going through the cure for undoing yeah. the vampirism, Sam's like, so what did you see? What did you learn? What was it like? You know, or, like, how does it feel? And Dean literally is, like, when Sam asks that, he's like, you want to ask me about my feelings right now? Like, Dean is assuming Sam is asking about his feelings. Mm-hmm. Sam is not. Sam is like, no, I'm asking from, like, a scientific interest perspective, how do you physically feel? I'm like, that in itself is out of character for Sam. But also, Sam at no point asks Dean how he's coping. No. It's just, what have you learned? What mm. have we gained? Did you kill anyone? <laughs> what advantages did we get from this harrowing experience that you've just been through? Yeah, basically. Like, there is no moment where Sam at all is like, how are you doing? You yeah. Know? The closest we get is when he's like, how to go with Lisa. Yeah. Which is like, the bare fucking minimum. Mm-hmm. You know, of everything that Dean's gone through And even then, episode. it doesn't feel like Sam's going, oh, well, how did it go with Lisa emotionally? It's, how did it go with Lisa, a.k.a. did you bite her and ingest human blood? <laughs> I mean, I was talking about, like, oh, at the see, very thought, end of the episode. <laughs> I thought you were talking about, at the like, in the middle of the episode, because he yeah. asked her how, like, how it went with Lisa when they're, like... Did he? He said something along off. those lines. But, it's a very similar question. Mm. Sorry, I thought I was thinking about a completely different point in the episode, too. Yeah. But even then, at the end of the episode, it feels like, oh, how to go with Lisa, aka, are you leaving me to hunting again? Yeah. Are you going back to Lisa? It's a like, logistical question, it's not like an emotional yeah. question. Yeah. Which, as much as we talk about, like, Sam is very performatively emotionally stable mm. and stuff, he, he does the whole, like, well, you should talk about your feelings. Yeah. But it's like, he also is performing like what's so interesting is like dean has all of the emotions but shows none of them Mm -hmm. sam has no emotions but just shows a whole bunch of them (laughs) i don't think it's that sam has i mean but like (laughs) that's probably the wrong way to phrase it it was just for the symmetry of it but like dean has all of these emotions but he will show none of them for like all intents and purposes he is not showing any of his emotions whereas sam is more likely to fake emotions i feel like it's also like coming at it from that perspective like Dean understands a lot of his emotions, but he just doesn't like to talk about them. Yeah. Whereas Sam's like, it's, it's like that whole thing where some people need to talk through their, their trauma to process it, and some people don't. Yeah. And it's just For like, some people, it's just triggering, and for other people, it's, it's therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
And so I think that it's a very interesting sort of dynamic between the two of them. But, like, yeah, especially this episode, it is abundantly, yeah, glaringly, like, Sam is just... Sam is putting on his emotions as sort of a shield, Mm. as, like, a front to the world. Sam is, like, very much like, oh, I know about my emotions, I'm in touch with them, like, da-da-da-da-da-da. Sam is saying, of course I'm freaking out, but on the inside, his heart rate is, like, a solid 60 beats per minute. (laughs) Like, Sam is pretending to feel more than he feels. Whereas Dean is pretending to feel less than he feels. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You see where I'm like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm I'm getting it. I see where your brain is at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts, feelings that you would like to share? No, I think I'm actually all done for the day. Okay. I have just a couple of points, but they're okay. not particularly... Do what you got to do, bro. Number one. The hotel is called the Night Owl Hotel, and I just thought that was a fun Well, touch. the fucking bar is called the Dark Rose or some <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. the set designers this week were having fun. Like I said, the creatives this episode really commit to the bit, and I very much enjoyed it. I also wanted to make a note that when Dean, like, goes to the vampire nest, the guy's like, sup. And it's like a frat moment where he, like, does a The fist fucking bump. fist bump killed me. <laughs> it's so funny. But then you also get... Literally two minutes later, the shot of all the women in cages. I'm like, ah, yes, I mm. remember now. Ah, we're back here. Great. It's the sexism show. Mm. Specifically vampires. Again, yeah. with the sexism. Here's the thing. The show, and with a lot of media, mm. typically over-sexualizes women. They also have this weird over-sexualization of vampires. So when you have female vampires, it's like the double-double. And you're it's making so a face right now, and I know you're thinking about Dean. And it's so funny to me. <laughs> This show sexualizes three things. Women, vampires, and And Dean. Dean. They're the three (laughs) things. So it's really funny when they make Dean a vampire, they're like, oh, we're going to over-sexualize again. But what gets me about the women in cages scene is like, he's like, oh, we're putting in there until they become compliant. I'm like, no, these bitches were obsessed with Twilight. What do you mean until they become compliant? Mm -hmm. They're fucking pumped for this. It also makes no sense because like, it also implies that the men don't need to be coerced at all. Like, they're just immediately on board. And I'm like, I don't know if you meant to make that commentary. But, it, like, having just watched Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels a little on the nose. I also want to like, make a quick point. The other thing that they do, not only did they make Dean a vampire so that they could further sexualize him, but they always fucking frame him as a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, they are always putting him in the maternal role. They are always yeah. filming him as if he's a woman. They are always commenting on his physical appearance. And they use feminine descriptors like he literally gets called pretty twice in this episode yes. and they also the other thing they did is they were like mm, yeah no you're so pretty we're going to use you as bait yeah the vampires decide <laughs> that dean is going to be bait they were like oh we turned you because you're pretty and they were like oh yeah no our process is like you guys reel in ladies and then we can use ladies to reel in more dudes and then mm-hmm. we use those dudes to reel in more ladies yeah. and it's like self-virtual but it's like you're framing dean as a in the feminine role here as like you know like yeah. the temptress the seductress but like but it's also like i don't think they necessarily realize they're doing it which is just such a fucking supernatural piece of shit because like literally within this same episode where they're doing all this shit and it's abundantly and the fucking main vampire is hitting on dean relentlessly the entire fucking time and he's literally like oh you want a private tour and like that is i'm so sorry there is no other way to interpret that like, a private tour of what? Just more people in cages? Bro. And Dean goes along with it mm-hmm. because he's trying to get this guy alone. Like, it is just so overt. I don't know how they don't realise what they're implying. But also, in the same fucking breath, they have the vampire frat bro do, right? Robin or whatever. Yeah. Because all the vampires are, like, looking at mm-hmm. Dean. And he's like, oh, don't worry about them. They're just jealous because the recruiters get to bang all the chicks. And it's like... Do you guys not understand what you're implying versus what you're directly saying? It, it's bizarre to me because the whole time they're very overtly being like, Dean thinks these women are cute. Dean's asking this guy if covering himself in glitter will really work and help him pick up chicks. Yeah. Dean is going home to see his like, you know, heteronormative wife mm-hmm. and child. Dean is being told not to worry, they're just jealous because he gets to bang on the chicks. And in the meantime, Dean is repetitively being called pretty. Dean is being literally made to be bait. Somehow in two very separate but same ways, Dean is flirting with this fucking vampire dude so that they can go off alone together 
the fact that they can do these things in the same fucking episode and just not the cognitive dissonance that must take it's insane it's literally wild to me this is why so much but it's like were you intending to do this because it doesn't seem like you necessarily knew you were doing it but you were also definitely doing it and i don't know if it's maybe like a mind frame of 2023 versus like but it's also really weird that they're framing in in a feminine way in these this entire episode but then the text dialogue is like "Mm, but you can be a dude you're a ladies man right like i don't know how they can do these two such contradictory things without realizing they're doing it like no point did no one at any point in the creative process go hang on a minute because it's also not a female vampire that's coming on to Dean. No. Because that would have been something else. That would have been wicked, though. Like, imagine if it's not Boris. If it's, like... <laughs> Sorry, I forgot his name. Boris. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's so weird to think that 600 years ago someone named their child Boris. It just doesn't feel like a 600 years ago name, you know? I was waiting for the plot twist, though, that, like, Boris had written these fucking books. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I was, like, I was ready for it. I was, like, <laughs> so funny. I was like, I was just waiting for it because he's like, oh my god, these books are the best thing that have happened to us in 600 years. Boris is a like, Stephanie Meyer ghostwriter. Yeah. That's so funny. That I was I was ready for it and then they just didn't do it and I was like, oh. That actually would have been a genius tactic. Yeah. Like a genius tactic to yeah. like, what did he say? He's like, these brides are so horny they've reinvented us as Prince Charming with Volvos. Direct Twilight reference. Which, first up. This whole fucking episode is just a direct Twilight and reference. It's fucking got Twi Hard in the name. In the title. But no, like, I was, like, that's what I was waiting for. And I was like, and then it just never came. And I was like, oh, so you're just calling Boris dumb. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Like, and then it was like, you know, like, not only are they calling Boris dumb in that way, they're also like, oh no, he's getting all of his fucking. Oh, in I the was... most Sam coded psychic villains <laughs> I've fucking seen. I was just gonna say I meant to ask you about it. What do you think about the vision? Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? Season like, two called and it wants its plot back. Yeah. <laughs> Though it does look like we may be getting creepy childhood girl twins, which I love that. Yeah, I thought you might. I again, I love leverage. I do. But Supernatural somehow shits all over leverage in that their child actors are fucking freakily good mm-hmm. like what the fuck is in the water there like what the fuck are they doing the like, cw was breeding child actors like, that's why they were broke their entire budget was just going to finding child actors like so if we are getting creepy little girl twins mm-hmm. coming up because i'm ass- i'm assuming that whole vision sequence is going to be fucking relevant it's essentially a way for them to put the soon into yeah. the episode <laughs> we have it soon you know like I am assuming that it's going to be relevant later on. I would say that the main, op- like, there's like six plots going on. Yeah, we so. talked about this last episode, I think. From what I can tell, the main plot that they're actually planning on exploring is the whole monsters are doing weird shit. The plot, alpha. Right? The alpha of Monster the, experiment yeah. situation. Like, that's the, uh-oh, something's... Something's uh, happening. Uh-oh, yeah. something's wrong sort of plot of the season. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Sam's not right. That's going to be a plot line. Obviously, Civil War in Heaven. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a plotline. Obviously, Civil War in Hell. Going to be a plotline. But it's like, what they seem to be giving us a lot of our evidence for is... This overarching... Is the overarching, like, monsters aren't behaving like they normally do. Like, the shapeshifter mm-hmm. alpha had come out of sort of hibernation from what we can tell. Like, he hadn't really been doing much shit. Yeah. No one really knew too much about him, but now he's like... Yeah, and now we're getting the alpha vampire and... Yeah. We got the... Yeah. At the Alpha Vampire, we're also getting, like... The rarer creatures from last the episode. The rarer creatures from the last episode. We're also getting creatures being in places they're not meant to be. They're moving out of their natural habitats. They're... Do we think someone's setting up a monster zoo? Is that why Samuel's kidnapping them? And that's... <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> okay. Hear me out. I always hear you out. He's creating a zoo. Okay. Full of monsters. Is and this, like, a Jurassic Park yeah. scenario? Yeah. Because <laughs> we so, know how well that yeah. went. Obviously, it was great. It was a great tourist attraction. Nothing went wrong. And no safety risk at all involved with that. <laughs> but like, you know, they could be like, oh, why is this creature that's normally in Japan in America? Mm-hmm. If they had captured it in Japan and brought it over to America. That would explain why. That would explain why. And the zoo is a joke. To be yeah. <laughs> but if what they're doing is they're, instead of killing monsters, if they're 
capturing and importing them for experiment, they could then theoretically escape from where they're being held to do the experiment. Mm, okay. Which would explain why we're seeing we're monsters. seeing monsters in places that they wouldn't normally be. Mm. It also may explain why we're starting to see like the alphas coming out because if monsters are getting captured and not killed, that's concerning to the alpha. Yeah, and also it might explain like in this episode the alpha vampire is literally basically running a breeding program. Yeah. Much like a zoo, really. Yeah. So they're an endangered species. Well, that's what they keep fucking telling us anyway. And the shifter was doing the same thing. The shifter was trying to up the population, Yeah, basically. But see, here's the thing. Logically, it makes sense that a shifter could get a bird. It doesn't for them. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, at least they're turning people. At least they're not creating, like, an army of renaissance. You know, <laughs> like... <laughs> I love when we realised that it could have been worse. Like, I love when that's the bar that we set. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Monster Zoo. Yeah, so it's kind of like that would make sense. I love where your threshold is at for things that would make sense. <laughs> it's, it's so funny to me. I'm just thinking from, like, a storytelling perspective. Yeah, yeah. From the perspective of this is a show literally called Supernatural. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, well, if they're starting to, like, capture monsters instead of kill them there's gonna be a reason there's a motive there somewhere there's a reason there's a motive there's something there somewhere and i'm gonna guess it's not good i think that's wild deception i think that's probably a safe bet i'll give you that much (laughs) wild guess i you know but like how does she do it ladies and gentlemen (laughs) the psychic is in the house but then it would make sense why the alphas are coming out and sort of like mass creating Mm -hmm. more monsters like hear me out Mm mm-hmm this is the second time I've said it. That's, That's fine. The, the first time is like, okay, this is going to be weird. The second time is like, oh, fuck. We're down the rabbit hole now. We're, <laughs> We're not in Kansas it. anymore, Toto. They're trying to put together a monster army. Oh, I love that for you. This is just like Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're they're putting, like, I'm going to say. Okay. All right. So we've all got... the monsters are working together. Oh, we've got so, some collaboration. Yeah, some collaboration. Oh, because like they... Like the luck. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they're all working together. They're all seeing the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're now trying to get their, like, sort of forces together Mm -hmm. to go and overthrow the people who are capturing them. Because I'm also going to say, based on the fact that we don't just get Samuel reintroduced, we get the whole family, Mm -hmm. that it's not just Samuel who's capturing vampires and, like, capturing monsters. You think he's part of a bigger organization? Part of a bigger organization who are all fucking shit up. It would make sense if, like, they are all, like, collaboratively pooling their resources, so to speak, as a hunting community. So now the monsters are having to pool their resources. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I feel like it's one thing if there are just hunters killing the monsters who are... Actively causing destruction. Actively causing destruction. It's another thing for them to be capturing and torturing monsters. it's, It's an ethical thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're going to kill them regardless, but it's do you do it as relatively quickly and painlessly as you mm-hmm. can, or do you draw it out and keep yeah. them alive to suffer? And it's like, also, they're two very different things. It's also that thing of, like, we, we know for a fact that, like, the vampires are a community. Mm. Like, they are... Like, That's actually one of the most, like, consistent yeah. pieces of vampire lore we have. We have never seen, like, a single vampire. The Except one... Lenore. But she was only singular because she lost her... Yeah. Every time we see vampires, they're always in, like, a nest. You know? Yes. Like, there is more than one. They are community-minded. It's like in the episode that they referenced in this, like, in the intro of this episode, mm. the title of which I am blanking on, but where that guy was giving, like, giving blood as, like, a drug. Bloodlust. Bloodlust, thank you. And he was turning all those people, and it was, like, yeah. because he was creating his family mm. because he lost it. Everything that we see suggests that vampires are an especially, like, community-minded species. Yeah. I wonder if it's because vampires kind of as a creature basically take a human being and heighten everything. Mm. And so I wonder if, like, because people notoriously will pack bond with mm. fucking anything. Yeah. I myself have been known to pack bond with inanimate objects like your vacuum cleaner. Yeah. And it's so, not even your vacuum cleaner. No, it's, it's yours, but I refer to him by name. <laughs> so, you know, I think that... Maybe that is an aspect of it. Like, mm. it's just another human condition or trait yeah. that has been amplified by the vampirism. Yeah. It would make sense that they're now trying to, like, fight back against this mm. because it is a genuine risk to have an organization that's hell-bent on destroying you. Yeah, like, systematically wiping you out. Yeah. yeah. That would leave us with a civil war in heaven. 
confirmed. Essentially, a civil war in hell, which mm-hmm. is as good as confirmed. Yeah. And I don't really, it was not a civil war on Earth, but it's certainly like skirmishing. I yeah. Get, like something. It's like the, the build up to a war. Yeah. It's like the yeah. whole like, as it is in heaven, so it shall be on Earth. Like, yeah. you know. If heaven and hell are in turmoil, Earth is probably not doing great. Yeah. In the middle there. <laughs> I have one more very quick mm. note. And it's not a discussion point, it is literally just a note. When Dean is going through the cure, right? And you see the like flashes through his mind. Mm. The fucking you know that meme where it's like it shows the like heads and it has the like galaxy brain yeah. at the end. There's like a moment for some fucking reason within that montage of clips. Where there's just, like, a rotating gif of, like, a blue outline human body. And I swear it looks exactly the same as that fucking meme. And I lost it. Imagine if that was accurate and that meme is actually from Supernatural. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, the torso. Yeah. But it was so funny because, like, when I see that particular art style, I immediately associate it with the meme. And it was just, like, why did they include that? It's like, oh, yeah, it wasn't relevant yet. But anyway, it was just so funny to me. Anyway. I think that brings us to the end of today's mm. episode. Jamie, how would you rate Live Free or Try Hard out of five? This is a hard one because, like, they commit to the bit. <laughs> they commit to the bit, but it's also bad. So it's like... It's not the best episode of Supernatural no. by the long shot. No. I also don't think it's the worst episode of Supernatural by the long, long shot. shot. It gives you a lot to uh, consider. There's a lot to consider. There's a lot to think about. It's actually a really interesting episode of Supernatural, but it's also, like... Super duper fucking sexist. I mean, it always is. Yeah. But I feel like this one is more sexist than usual. Yeah. Just something about the women in cages things. Yeah. That gives me, right. like, the subservience of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm debating between, like, a two and a half and a three. What um, are your vibes? I, personally, would probably not go as low as a two and a half, mm-hmm. purely because you have not given many episodes that low of a rating. And I feel like this episode is surely not as bad as a lot of others we've seen. Mm-hmm. Purely out of the fact that it gives us a lot to discuss and it's like obviously like laying out a lot of plot significant mm-hmm. stuff and setting up some things, I would be more inclined to give it like a three. But also you are right. Like it's it's a hyper-sexualized and like I don't know if maybe you could count that as like just part of the genre. The way they've done it is not part of the genre. Like you were correct. Vampires as a genre, as a trope, are hypersexualized, mm-hmm. but like the women in cages bit is not the women in cages bit is not that's not a vampire thing i don't like, remember that happening in twilight like yeah. <laughs> you know like that and also they named the main vampire boris that's which i feel like i needed to dutch points for like that's just the, <laughs> like you really wanted us to take this vampire character seriously and you named him boris i don't know man i don't have an answer for that one <laughs> And I also just wasn't a massive fan of, like, the, the soon in the middle of the episode. <laughs> I get that it's setting up important things. And it'll probably be better once I've seen what it's setting up. And I'll be like, oh, that's yeah. why it was necessary. But, like, at this point, it just feels like... I feel like it's also important to, like, point out very quickly, because we didn't mention it earlier. But, like, it implies, like, a, a mind hive. Yeah. Between the vampires, which yeah. is new fucking lore. <laughs> yeah. Did we ever get it back? I can't remember exactly if we see more of that specifically this season. I don't think we ever get it outside of this season. Okay. But I also have a question, which I should have brought up earlier, but do we think that, like, every vampire in the United States of America fucking collapsed when that happened? Or is it just this particular nest? Like, is it an isolated incident? It's, I don't know. Yeah, I've never thought about it before, but I am interested now. And also, like, who's to say it's limited to the US? Like, if this is the alpha... Is there a vampire in New Zealand that just fucking falls to the ground? Are they calling an ambulance for him? Look, here's the thing. I've never wanted this before and I'll probably never want it again. But, like, <laughs> Australian vampire movie when? Because, like, we've got New Zealand vampires. It's very good. But, like, Australian vampires when? Like, I feel like seeing a vampire with my accent would <laughs> fuck some people up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Myself included. I think that you could very conveniently be a vampire that runs a quote-unquote winery because all your barrels of blood Mm. would just look like wine and also you could just hang out inside the like Mm. barns yeah anyway but yeah so it introduces the mind hive Mm. it introduces this concept that like maybe he just knocked out every vampire across the country slash the fucking world who goddamn knows but does that then mean that every vampire across the country is doing this same thing it's really unclear because like 
this comes that down seems like a bigger problem than just like a one episode thing you know what i mean this, like this really comes down to that whole thing of like sam and dean are the main characters and only the people within their radius of npcs have loaded yeah like if they're not in the state then nothing is happening mm-hmm. And it also, I think, really solidifies this as, like, a Dean POV mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Anywho, the next episode is titled You Can't Handle... Did you give your rating? <laughs> I was wondering if you had noticed. I was like, am I going to get away with that? What's rating? <laughs> I don't know. As I said, I was debating between two and a half and three. And, like, I don't know. Like, I just... I feel like I've been really super-duper fucking nice with the ratings lately. So I need to, like, reset and be, like, mean again. Yeah. So well, I might... Go with your gut. I might go two and a half. Okay. And I want, I want to make this note here. And I, I need a reset. Lately, I've gotten into this weird thing where I give everything either like a three or a three and a half. Like, I want to add some variety into my ratings. Okay. You know what I mean? So I think I'm going to give this a two and a half. Okay. It is a reset. A two and a half in season six is not the same as a two and a half in season one. Bear that in mind. new era. Yeah. New era, new ratings. New, new era, new ratings. I'm just trying to be like, actually give you some variety so we can go from like two to four, and not just like yeah. three or three and a half. Okay. Alright, so, next week's episode is titled, You Can't Handle the Truth. Do you have any thoughts, feelings, hopes, dreams, fears, or predictions? Well, I mean, that's a reference to, like, what's it fucking called? You can't handle the truth. Yeah, that's a reference to that. I think that it's going to be a plot-heavy episode next week. Mm. Like, I think they're going to, like, realise that he's capturing monsters and not killing them, and there's some epic stuff. Mm. I think that's the truth they're referring to. Okay. Beans. do you think that Cass is going to be in next week's episode? It's hard. It's like, do I think that Sarah Gamble is willingly letting Misha Collins on her set? <laughs> do I think, do we think at this point the ratings have dropped low enough since Cass's last appearance that two episodes ago <laughs> that it's necessary for Cass to return? You know what I mean? Your predictions about whether or not Cass is coming back have changed from being like whether it's relevant to the narrative to like socio-political <laughs> issues between fucking creatives. I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of today's episode. Hopefully you enjoyed listening as much as we have enjoyed recording. If you wanted to interact with us in any way other than listening to us rambling in your ears for an hour or so every week, you can always hit us up on any of our socials. All of the links are in the description below. And possible topics for conversation could include... Do you Anything th- about vampire biology. I was literally just going to say, do you think that they can get bonus? I don't even know if I want to have this discussion, to be totally honest. But, like, it has always baffled me. But here's the thing. We've started the conversation now. We've got to finish yeah, it. Yeah, we've committed to it. Yeah. We opened the can of worms, and now mm-hmm. we have to deal with them. Anyway, any other topics? <laughs> what do you reckon that covers us? Is that a, enough of a discussion? I think that's enough, like... Everything else we could really talk about this yeah. episode is very, like, plot-specific, yeah. which is, like, danger territory for you, so... Bye! <laughs>